I'm ready? Okay, well, good morning. I've been looking forward to this today. He didn't ask me until last week. He was like, hey, I really feel like you need to do your Thanksgiving message again. And, you know, he's so good at being led by the Holy Spirit. And, and I'm led by the Holy Spirit, too, but the school teacher in me is a planner. And so I was thinking, you only gave me a week. I really wanted to know six weeks ago so I could really pray about it and think on it and study it. And so he's like, you, this, the message you did, you've done before, I want you to do that again. I was like, okay. So the message I'm going to share with you before, if you were with us last year, you've heard bits and pieces of this before. But this is something that the Holy Spirit ministered to me personally at a time in my life when I needed something. And he spoke this to me, and he has just grown this revelation on the inside of me. And when I say revelation, I just mean this understanding of how it works and what a benefit it is. So that's what we're going to talk about today is thankfulness. And I've entitled today's message, Thankfulness, a Lifestyle, Not a Season. A Lifestyle, Not a Season. So, you know, if we're not careful, we as believers get caught up in society's version of Thanksgiving, which is just this little blip on the calendar that happens right before Christmas. And because of commercialization in society, they can't sell us as much stuff at Thanksgiving, so they just want to rush us right on to Christmas so they can sell us more things. But, you know, thankfulness is powerful. And as a believer, it has power in our life if we will learn to live it as a lifestyle. So I would love to tell you that when you get born again, that thankfulness just becomes your default method and you just magically start being thankful for everything all the time. But really that's not true from probably most people. You actually have to train yourself to think in a mindset of thankfulness. Otherwise we can get really caught up in the cares of life and we get so busy focused on raising our family or working our job or whatever it is we do. They can be good things but we get more caught up in that and we forget to be thankful except when the season rolls around. So today what I want us to look at is what the Word of God says about when we're supposed to be thankful, why we're supposed to be thankful, and then what happens when we choose not to be thankful versus what happens when we choose to be thankful. So let's go to the Word of God and see what His Word says about it. When should we give thanks? Psalms chapter 92 Verses 1 and 2 says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. Psalm 34, verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Ephesians 5, 20, Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So according to these scriptures, it tells us that thankfulness should be our lifestyle. Notice these words in bold here. Morning, night, all times, continually, always. So it's not something we do at the, end, the beginning of our meal or on Thanksgiving Day. It's literally supposed to be the, the mindset we wake up with, we go to bed with, and we go throughout the day with. All the time is a mindset of thankfulness. Let's look for a second at why we're supposed to be thankful. Why should we give thanks? Psalm 118.1 says, Give thanks to the Lord for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. And in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 4.15 says, For these things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. So, you know, Notice that first scripture there. It doesn't say, oh, give thanks to the Lord when you think He's good. 
No. That second verse, it didn't say, enter his gates with thanksgiving when you've had a great day. That's really easy to do, isn't it? You've had a great day. Oh, thank you, Lord. When you've had a really bad day and you're driving home, it's a lot harder to give thanks to the Lord. But there are no stipulations on this. You don't get to say when I feel like it or when I want to. It's a commandment of the Lord to do so. The last verse talks about how that when we give thanks and we're thanking God for His grace. See, His grace is what He's provided for us and we reach out and receive that by faith. Like He provided Jesus and we receive salvation through faith. When we get caught up in that and live that thankfulness, other people see it and then they're thankful. And that thanksgiving just keeps abounding through other people and God keeps getting the glory over and over and over again. So we're commanded in God's Word to give thanks and give Him glory. But you know, He's so good. If you know anything about God and His very nature, He is good. He is love. He loved us first. He is faithful and true. And if you know about His nature, then you realize the command is not coming from an attitude of, I need you to give me glory. Come on, give me, give me, give me, give me. I got you that. You better tell me thank you. Oh, Dusty didn't tell me thank you. Shame on you, Dusty. That's not the... (laughs) You get that a lot. That's not the mindset that God has. God is good. He is by His very nature giving. The famous Christian verse, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave. He gave first. He had to give. It says He first loved us. He had to love us first because we didn't have anything to give back to Him if He didn't love us first. So His very nature is giving So we have to know that if His Word commands us to do something and we know His nature is always good and always love, then that means it's because it's for for our good. The being thankful is not because He needs us to be thankful. It's because we're going to benefit in our own life from being thankful. You know, in raising our children, Dusty and I had things we, we commanded them to do. When they were little, we commanded them to brush their teeth. And I know Matt and Amy can testify to this. Amy and I were talking the other day about the dentist told her it was time to start flossing Harper's teeth. And Amy said, how in the world do you floss a two-year-old's teeth? (laughs) But I don't know, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, have you ever brushed a two-year-old's teeth? It is hard. It's that little bitty toothbrush, and they tell you just to put a dot of toothpaste on there. And then you're supposed to, and they're going to take it and go, and they suck the toothpaste off, and then they chew on the toothbrush. And then you're going, no, you've got to back and forth, scrub your teeth, open your mouth. No, okay, spit that out. And it's not an easy task. But, you know, when they were little, we commanded them to do it. Once they learned how, we didn't help them anymore, but they were five or six years old. I was still going, did you brush your teeth? you got to brush your teeth. Now, Dusty and I weren't commanding them to brush their teeth because we were on some power trip. We were like, I'm all powerful mom and dad, and I commanded you to brush your teeth. You better do it. No. It's because we love them and care about them. And we know in the long run, if they don't take care of their teeth, then they're going to reap bad consequences later on. God, if, if we're earthly parents and we're that way, how much more is God that way? That He commands you to do something because you need it in the long run. He knows it's going to benefit you. Amen. So let's look for a minute at what happens when we're not thankful And then we're going to switch over to what happens when we are thankful. So the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines thankfulness as conscious of a benefit received. 
So conscious means I'm just being aware of the benefits of God, of what He's put in my life. But again, that goes back to what I said earlier. It's a choice to do so. I can get so caught up in my life that I start ignoring or not observing anymore, being, a consci- being consciously aware of what He's done. I have to choose to put myself repeatedly in that mindset of thankfulness. Let's look at a scripture in Romans chapter 1. This is verses 20 and 21 and then verse 25. This is Paul talking to the Romans and he says he's not ashamed of the gospel. He says it's available to the Jew and to the Gentile. He wants everybody to receive it, but there were some people that acted like they really weren't aware of what was available to them. They weren't even sure if anything existed there. Well, this was his response to that. For since the creation of the world... His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. And verse 25 says, "...who exchanged the truth of God for the lie." and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. If we start back at the top of that verse, it says, For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen. Now we can look all around and see His visible attributes in the world that He created, but even His invisible attributes to the point of His power and His Godhead, it says it's understood by the things that are made. We are the things that He made. It is internal. We know whether somebody tells us or not. If you're God's creation, excuse me, then you know that He's God. And our society sometimes tries to say, well, not everybody knows, Heather. Not everybody knows that He's God. Not everybody has that inner knowing. If you're created by God, yes, you do. The Word of God says they know and they're without excuse. Um, Andrew Womack, who is the founder of Karis Bible College, that's the seminary that Dusty graduated from, he shares two different stories that stood out to me. I've heard him share these repeatedly about this verse. He said he encountered a man who grew up in an atheistic home, and he was told by his parents his whole life, there is no God, and all of the types of belief and that kind of thing are just myths, and only weak people need that. And so he said he just really never thought about God very much because he was told there isn't a God. And then much later in his life, he encountered Jesus and actually got born again. And Andrew Womack was teaching about this verse, and he said, I disagree with you because I grew up in an atheistic home, and I did not ever think that there was a God. And Andrew Womack says, well, you know, I didn't live your life, but I know that the Word of God's true, so I would ask God. I would just go to the Lord and say, Lord, show me through your Holy Spirit, was there a time in my life that I actually was aware, and I just don't realize I was? And so he came back to Andrew much later. He said, do you know that I prayed about that and the Lord put me in remembrance of something that happened when I was a little boy. And he lived in California and he lived up on this big hill and in his backyard was this valley. And he said that it was getting dark. He was about eight years old and he said the sun was going down and in this valley he could see all of these houses and street lights and things start coming on. The lights were coming on. And then he laid down in the grass and he looked up and he could see stars in the sky. And he said in that moment, God helped him remember that he thought to himself, I know where those lights came from. Where did those come from? Who put those in the sky? And he said that he remembered thinking, who? Who put them? That there was a who that put them in the sky. And there were other things the Lord brought back to his remembrance, but that one stood out to me. See, we know. 
inherently, if you were made by God, then you know. The other story that he shared, um, Andrew Womack was in Vietnam, and he said they were marching through an area, and he saw off in the distance on this hill these three buildings, very close together with just enough space between them for somebody a shoulder width to walk through. He asked someone, what is that? And they said, well, it's some kind of um, temple to a god they don't have a name for. And he said, well, is it three gods they don't have a name for? And they said, no. The way they've explained it to me is it's one god, but he has three parts or something. Who does that sound like? See, we inherently know. We're without excuse to say that we don't know. And this is talking about unbelievers. So if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then you have acknowledged Him and His attributes. But we need to be careful not to lose that awareness. That we make a choice that I'm going to continually make myself aware of His goodness and His faithfulness to me. Look at what happens though for people who are not thankful and they choose to not be aware. It says, so that they are without excuse because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God nor were thankful but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. The word futile means that it's not productive. It's a dead end. It's pointless. Without the acknowledgement of the Father, the thoughts we have are pointless. They're going nowhere. He is the very creator of the universe. So if we don't put our thoughts on Him continually, then we're relying on our human logic, which at some point, we're going to hit a dead end. We need the Creator to continually stimulate in us that creativity. And it says their foolish hearts were darkened. You know, our hearts, if you study it out in the Word of God, if it's talking about their physical heart, then of course that means the one that you know, pumps our blood, must, our blood. But we're talking about the metaphorical heart. In the Word of God, that's actually your belief system. It's what you believe at the very root level. We say, well, I've accepted Jesus into my heart. I've chosen to put all my belief in Him. But it says if you don't acknowledge God and you're not thankful, your heart gets darkened. Well, He is the giver of life and light. So if your heart's darkened, that means that your belief system doesn't get what it needs to produce and grow appropriate things. So you can be trying to put the Word of God in and it will produce for you, but the more thankful you are, the more light that sheds on that belief system that if you will think of it as the soil of your heart, and then you begin to have fertile soil, your thinking is no longer futile, and you actually give life to more of what you're doing. It says in verse 25, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, the creature. That's you and that's me. People get caught up in serving and worshiping the creature rather than the creator. And you know, worship is just you putting all your focus and your thought and your intent. Have you ever heard of sayings like, I just need some me time? It's all, and everything's about me. And I'm not against me time. Everybody needs time to themselves. There's nothing wrong with that. But in our society, it's becoming something that is just rampant. Everything is about me, me focused. There's a scripture, I think it's in 2 Timothy 3, that says, In the last days, they will become boastful and proud and lovers of themselves and lovers of money unthankful, unholy, and the list goes on. Blasphemers, proud, everything else you can think of. And the last part of that verse says, from such, turn away. 
I don't want to be in a list of people. Do you notice unthankful and unholy? And I know, I know I don't have that scripture if you look at, but unthankful and unholy, if you look at that scripture, are listed side by side. An unthankful heart means I am choosing to acknowledge me and things I deem important above the Father. And as a believer, it's wrong. And I don't bring this message to condemn you. I want to open your eyes to the fact that it's simply a choice that we make. I'm going to choose to be thankful to Him because He deserves all the glory and all the praise. He's the very reason I exist. You know, it talks about when you serve the creature rather than the Creator, your thoughts being futile. Dusty said this a couple of months back, and it has just stuck with me, and I'm seeing it everywhere now. Have you ever noticed how today television, movies, toys, styles, it's all a remake of something that's already been done? Every toy that is out on the shelves now is something I played with as a little girl, or my brother played with it. All of the Disney movies that were new years ago, they've all been remade into a live-action version, right? All of the comic books that were written, now they're movies, and now they're, they've been redone yet again. Styles, the things I wore to school, my mom goes, I wore that. When I was in high school, she'd tell me that. And I'm like, no, you didn't. This was a new style. She was like, yeah, new from when I was a teenager. But you know what? It's because society is pulling themselves further and further away from their creative source. That's right. That is true. It is. And so they're running out of ideas. And the things they're deeming new are just rehashed versions of something they've already done. If they would connect to the creator of the universe, think about what they could do. Think of how amazing life would be if we all just connected to the creator of the universe instead of having futile thoughts because we're too caught up in the creature rather than the creator. So enough about the Debbie Downer moment, about not being thankful. Let's look at what happens when we are thankful. What happens when we live a lifestyle of thankfulness to the Father? When you choose a lifestyle of thankfulness, it continually focuses your thoughts on the love and goodness of God. See, everything is from the Father. All, the Bible says every good and perfect gift is from above. So even when a circumstance doesn't go your way or it seems a struggle, He still has provided peace for you. He still has remained faithful to you. So everything is about the love and goodness of God. Him always taking care of you. Him knowing something now that you don't know yet and Him guiding and ordering your steps around that situation to help you out. So when you choose thankfulness... Then here's what happens. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Every time you're thankful, thank you, Lord. It didn't have to be a big, long, impressive prayer. Just a, oh, thank you, Father. Amen. I received that. Okay. Oh, thanks, God. It keeps putting your thoughts back on him over and over and over again. And now my mind is in perfect peace because it's on the Father over and over and over again. I now have more trust in him because I just keep repeatedly seeing his goodness all around me. Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So even when we're in need, he says you have not because you ask not. So it's, there's nothing wrong with asking and being in need and telling him what you need. But it says to do it with thanksgiving. So what does that look like? Well, let me give you an example. Let's say 
we'll just pick money. Let's say that a bill comes in and you don't have the funds to pay it. It was something unexpected and you don't have the funds to pay it. Well, we're not supposed to go, thank you, God, that I got a bill I can't pay. That's not how that works. I start with thanks. Father, I thank you that you have always been faithful to me. You've always taken care of me. You've always provided. Father, I thank you that you're going to do it again. I don't know how this is going to work. I don't have to know. I put my trust in you. Your word says that you would supply my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You said you would bless the work of my hand in your word. You said in 3 John 2 that you wished above all things that I prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. My soul is my mind, my will, my emotions. So if you've said that in your word, I know that's the desire you have for me. So I ask you, Father, to provide and supply the need to pay this bill. Father, I'm willing to work whatever shifts extra you provide for me if that's how it's going to come in. I'll receive it or do it in whatever way you show me. But I put my trust in you and I thank you in advance for what you're going to do. And I walk away with expectation at your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. That was a prayer with thankfulness. It was all the way through it. It declared who he was and what he said from start to finish. And now I get to walk away and be anxious for nothing. And I don't have to use Heather's logic to try to figure out how in the world I'm going to take care of this. I can go, well, I don't know, but God knows. And he's going to show me what to do. He's going to order my steps. And then when he does, hallelujah, I'm going to give him the thanks and praise. And back to that other scripture, I'm going to tell somebody else what he did. And then they're going to go, well, thank God, praise God. And then they're going to share that with somebody else. And again, he just keeps that thanksgiving abounds and he keeps getting more and more glory. And see, I can just stay in a state of peace. And it says that the peace of God which surpasses understanding. That's when other people go, why are you so calm about this? That doesn't even make sense. And you go, well, God's going to take care of me. He's faithful. I put my trust in Him. That even will provide you a ministry opportunity to speak into someone's life about the goodness of God. Peace that passes understanding. It will guard your heart and your mind. It goes back to that idea that my heart is my belief system. It's where I plant God's Word. It puts a guard around that. And it helps my mind to stay at ease. I want to give you a little bit of a personal testimony. And some of you have heard me share this before. It's about my thankfulness journal. My really classy looking journal up there, you see. Okay, so I actually do have a really nice thankfulness journal now that uh, my in-laws, uh, Jack and Jean, bought me for Christmas last year. It's leather. It's beautiful. But these were the original thankfulness journals. So in 2015, um, Dusty and I went to a worship conference. And the man that spoke said that he was talk- talking about worship. But he briefly mentioned that worship stems from a heart of thankfulness. And he said, I encourage you to write down what you're thankful for. And then he moved right on with his message. That little phrase jumped out at me and it wouldn't leave me alone. And I walked away, and for months, that's all my thankfulness journal. Write it down. Thankfulness journal. Thankfulness journal. And I know some of you know that I, for 20 years, I taught high school English. So you would think, oh, by nature, she's a journaler. She's one of those people that just writes. Mm -mm. That wasn't me. I didn't like to journal. It wasn't that I didn't like to write. I just never liked to journal. I tried really hard when I was a little girl to have the diary, you know, with a little lock on it. And it would go for like two days and then I forgot I had it or I'd lose the key or whatever happened. And, and it just was not real successful. I tried as a teenager to journal and I, it just felt like such a burden and an obligation. And it'd be at the end of the day, be like, oh, I gotta write my journal. And so I do have a few things and I do enjoy looking at them now, but that was just not really my personality. So when that kept coming up to me, I was like, I, 
I don't want to acknowledge that because I don't want to fail at that. But it wouldn't go away. So I finally just said, okay, God, I hear you. I'll start a thankfulness journal. And then I put all these stipulations on it. I was like, but I don't promise to write in it every day. And I don't promise to write full sentences. I'm just going to do a bullet point list. And I'm only going to write things when I notice something to be thankful for. Now, did you hear what I just said? That's what I told the Lord. I'm thankful for His grace and mercy. Anyway, I told Him, only when I see something to be thankful for. That was not a lifestyle of thankfulness. That was me so busy and caught up in myself, I was afraid this was going to require something of me and take up my time. My time. It was about me, right? So I put all those stipulations out there, and then Miss Practicality here said, and I'm not going to go spend money on a journal. I'll just use one of the kids' old notebooks. And I did. Do you notice? I don't know if you can see it at the top. The first two say Caleb Cornelius. That's my son. The one behind it, you can't really see it, but it said Kaylee Cornelius. And these are the little notebooks they came home from school with at the end of the year that they hadn't quite finished. And I just tore out the school stuff and left the rest of the notebook, and I was going to use it for a grocery list or whatever, but I thought, oh, I'll just make that in my journal. And so in 2015, I started writing in my journal. And out of fear of failure... I really worked at it really hard to make sure I wrote something down at least once or twice a week. That was my goal. So I walked around thinking, what can I write down today and get that over with? What can I do to get that finished? I'm being really brutally honest with you today. And so I wrote, I would see something and I'd write it down. And it was small things and big things. It might be something like, thank you, Lord, for a really good parking space at the grocery store today. It was pouring down rain and I got a front parking spot. Thank you, Lord. And I wrote that down. If the kids made a good grade on a test, thank you, Lord, that Kaylee or Caleb made a good grade on their math test. Or something bigger. Thank you, Lord. Dusty got a Christmas bonus at work. Thank you, Lord. Whatever it was, whether it was important, it was something that was important to me, big or small. So I started doing this, and it got to where I wrote in it a couple times a week. Well, then it kind of became every day. And then it kind of got to the point it was more than once in a day. And then it would be, I would be at work, and something would happen. I'd think, I'd have put that in my journal. Well, my journal's at home. Well, let me write that on this sticky note and put it in my purse so when I get home, I'll remember. And then I'd be out somewhere, and I'd be like, I don't have a sticky note. Let me put it in my notes on my phone. And it got to where it snowballed on me, and it was like everywhere I turned, I kept seeing something to write in my journal over and over and over, and it was just, it just overwhelmed me. And I filled up the first notebook, and I moved on to the next one, and I filled it up, and I moved on to the next one. And I have several of these thankfulness journals that I've just filled up and I love to go back and read them now because I'll be like, oh, I forgot about that. Praise God, I forgot that that happened. I wrote down everything you can think of. Some of them you'd probably laugh if you saw that I wrote that down, but it was important to me. And God is a God who loves you specifically and knows what's important to you. So the reason, I didn't know it at the time, we were headed into a very trying season in our life. God began to call us into a different ministry we had been at the same church. I would been, had been at the same church since I was six years old. My parents actually helped found the church. I'd been there since I was six. I met Dusty there. We got married. We served in ministry together there. We had, all, we had our babies there, and they were dedicated there. And Everything about our life had been connected to these people in this place. We'd worked at the same jobs. And all of a sudden, the Lord began to separate us away. And it it was a good thing, but I don't know about you, but I am a person of habit, a creature of habit, and I love things to be consistent and know what to expect. And this was just a continual, I've got to step out in faith. I've got to trust the Lord and step out again, and I've got to trust the Lord and step out again. 
in, from 2015 to about 2017 or 2018, every capacity of our life changed in some way. We changed jobs. Our financial income went down uh, because I changed jobs and my salary got cut in half, but I knew I was supposed to change jobs. It just wouldn't go away. We had to walk away from the ministry we'd been a part of for decades, not because anything was wrong with it. It's a wonderful church. It's still in existence today, and we're still friends with those people. But we were being called away, separated away, because he was being called to pastor. And our family grabbed hold of that vision, and we're like, we see it too, so let's run with it. That, they didn't need any more pastors at that church. So we had to step away, and we actually had to change churches a couple of times because we had to connect with ministers that helped train, for, train us for ministry. They had to give Dusty opportunity to pastor. They had to give him opportunity to preach in the pulpit. Somebody had to take a chance that he knew how to do it. And so we had to move a couple of different times. Y'all, that was the hardest thing. Our kids were younger and they were connected with friend groups. And I was like, Lord, I'm not going to lose my kids over a ministry. He said, I would never ask you to do that. And he helped transition our children. We moved houses and eventually we moved here. I mean, every area of our life changed. And one day, in probably 2018 or so, I looked back and I thought, wow, you know, a long time ago, that would have probably, probably been more than I could handle. Like, I would have just probably had to come apart because everything in my world was upside down and I didn't know what was coming next. But I had come through that season in just this place of peace. I had not worried about it. Everything had just constantly fallen into place over and over again. And it wasn't anything I had done. But I finally told him, I said, Lord, I thank you for that. But how did it happen? And you know, the first thing I heard was thankfulness journal. I was so caught up in his love, in his goodness, in his provision for our family over and over again. My thoughts were always on him. And see, he just wrapped his arms around me and carried me through and took me to the other side. He did. he did. And I would be lying if I told you everything was flawless and perfect and nothing wrong happened. It was wild. It was a wild ride. But it just kept working out over and over again. See, I used to think a long time ago that if I was really living a good Christian life, somehow I was going to be in some kind of bubble, I guess, and that nothing bad was ever going to come my way. I know that was silly of me, but I did think that. I, I really did. And so if bad things happened, I kept thinking it must be something I'm doing. I must be being a bad person. I must not be doing enough stuff. I must not be reading my Bible enough. And really what it was, it was my mindset about things. The Bible says we live in the world, but we're not of it. If you're in the world, things are going to happen. The Bible even says in this life, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And so as things happened, good or bad, I just kept putting my thoughts on him and it just became my default. See, he was training me and teaching me to choose thankfulness and he helped me create that lifestyle because he knew that's what I needed to get from point A to point B. So thankfulness is powerful in our lives. And I'm not saying you have to go start a thankfulness journal, let the Holy Spirit talk to you about that, but we do have to choose whether we're going to be thankful or not be thankful. Thankfulness produces God's benefits in our life. Romans 8, 5, and 6 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. 
For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So when we set our mind on thankfulness, we're putting it on the Lord repeatedly, that is living by the Spirit. I'm letting the Holy Spirit point out to me over and over again God being faithful to me. But being carnally minded is when I start looking at the things out here. And goodness knows our world today is a bit crazy. And if you look around, if you've watched the news for 30 minutes, you probably got 25 minutes of negativity, four minutes of weather, and one minute of something positive. Maybe. And between social media, television, our friends and neighbors, everything in the world, you go fill up your gas tank, whatever it is, you look around and go, oh my word, that's being carnally minded. We have to choose to say, no, I'm not going to be led by that. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm being spiritually minded. And it says it's life and peace. Being carnally minded is death. And it might be physical death, but really it's more like death to your peace. Death to your joy. And to be spiritually minded is that it's giving life to my body and life to my mind and to my thoughts and it's putting me in a place of peace that passes everybody else's understanding. Philippians 4, 8 and 9. Finally, brethren, whatever, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. The life you live today has to do with the thoughts you've had. What you're thinking today is where you're going tomorrow. So what fruit are you producing? The soil of your heart is taking things in and it's producing things in your life. Hebrews 13, 15 says, Therefore by Him... Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. See, our lips are producing fruit all the time. Your lips are your tell, T-E-L-L. They tell on you. And they will tell you what you believe at the root level. When nobody's around and it's just you by yourself or just you with your spouse or you with somebody close that you trust... And something comes along, what pops out of your mouth tells you exactly where your heart is. So if something bad comes along and the first thing out of your mouth is, oh my gosh, everything's terrible. I don't know what's, I don't know how this is going to work out. This is impossible. This can't be done. And it's just a constant barrage of negativity that's flying out of your mouth. That's what you believe at the root level. But if everything comes at you and by default, what starts popping out of your mouth is, well, I don't know what to do about it, but God's going to show me. Lord, I need your help. Father, I thank you that you give me peace. Show me by your Holy Spirit my next steps. Order my steps. It'll tell on you. So we need to examine the fruit of our lips. You know, I had something happen a few months ago where I said something, and as soon as it popped out of my mouth, I was like, ooh, I don't actually believe that. Why did I say that? And I thought, well, something in me thinks that because it came out of my mouth. And I actually had to kind of trace that back to where did that thought stem? Like, what, what is it coming from? And so I went back and traced it down, and I had to actually do some forgiving in my life of somebody that had hurt my feelings. And I had to just say, Lord, I choose to forgive them. I don't have to like what they did, and they can still be ugly to me. That's a, such a Southern thing, being ugly. 
I didn't realize that was a Southern thing until the other day. Anyway, B, they can still be unkind to me, but I'm going to choose. I've chosen to forgive, and I'm going to let it go, and I'm going to move on. And they can keep repeating their behavior, but I am now saying I have chosen to forgive, and I'm choosing to love. I don't have to like you, but I do love you. My lips are telling on me. And I say that not so you walk away going, oh my gosh, think of all the things I said in the car on the way to church this morning. (laughs) And then you walk away feeling condemned. No, it's just an indication. Okay, so now I need to trace this back. Holy Spirit, show me what I need to do in this situation. Show me how to get rid of this concept that I have that's obviously not in line with your word. And that's all we need to do. Proverbs 18.21, life and death are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. You, with what you speak, can produce life in yourself and in other people, or you can choose to speak the negative thing and produce death to their joy and their peace and yours too. You will eat the fruit of what's coming out of your mouth. What's coming out of your mouth is what got planted in your belief system in the soil of your heart. And if you choose thankfulness as a lifestyle, then what your thoughts keep going to is the goodness of God. And it'll even put, I want to say like little special goggles, thankfulness goggles on, and you'll just look at situations from a whole different perspective. When you go to God's Word, it'll, stuff will start jumping out at you from the pot. Look at the faithfulness of God. Look at what He said. Oh, He's always good. It'll change your viewpoint on everything. See, it changed my life. And I, would, I have to tell you that there are still moments when I have to go back and go, ooh, I hadn't thought about my thankfulness journal in a little while. i got to write in that again. And it's not a, okay, i got to write my thankfulness journal again. No, it's a, I need this. I know that I need this. And I've, I've trained myself that my thoughts in the morning, thank you, Father, I had a good night's sleep. Thank you, Lord, that I woke up today and I have the breath of life in my lungs. And I go on throughout my day. And I'm thankful for physical things around me, for relationships, for things that are only important to me. And I've learned to be thankful. And I haven't perfected it by any means, but I'm better than I used to be. And I pray that I keep growing. And I pray that this has ministered to you to realize that thankfulness is not just a season. For a believer, it's our lifestyle. And it's a choice that we make. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to pass this off to Dusty. So if you'll bow your heads with me. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that you are so good. We just take a moment in today and say thank you. Thank you for your love, for your peace, your joy, your faithfulness to us, Lord. Thank you for bringing us together in this place today. Father, help us to be ever mindful of who you are and where you are, always with us, never leaving us nor forsaking us. Father, I ask you to lead us by your Holy Spirit to start being more aware in our life of instances of the attributes and the goodness and faithfulness of God. And help us to share that with others so that you always are receiving all the glory and all the honor. And it's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, Heather's too nice. She said, you don't have to have a thankfulness journal. Well, I'm going to be the mean guy. I'm going to come up here. I'm going to say, I gave you all homework last week for those of you that were here. You know, we're in the week of Thanksgiving. And you know, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to beg you to take time this week and say, there are things in your life that you can be thankful for. 
You know, you can be in the midst of the worst problem that has ever been faced on the planet. You know, I read an article about people who were in, um, and these were Jews that were, that were in Germany during World War II. And you know, one of the things that I, I saw in this was that they, some of their journals that they had found, they were thankful that they ate a meal that week. They were thankful that they were sitting in a basement because there was people hiding them. I got news for you. Things are pretty crazy out here, but we've never had to deal with that. You know, I can beg and I can employ you and I can, I can sit down and I can say, you know, please do this. But you know what? If you don't do it, it's going to be, it's going to be your problem. Because every single one of you have things that you can be thankful for and that you can live and that you can breathe the goodness of God. You can give this to your family on Thanksgiving Day. How many people have some stressful times on Thanksgiving Day? I'm going to tell you what. I found family members, you get them together five, ten minutes into that thing, and you're like, how can I get the heck out of here? Well, guess what? If you're thankful for something and the, the fruit of your lips are what just continues to happen, then you can give fruit to other people. They don't have to have it on the inside of them. You can actually give it to them off of your tree and give it to them. You know, you could change the atmosphere just like that. And it's all based upon thankfulness. You know, this is blessing to me because... Heather was my rock when we were going through all the things that she talked about. Because I would be the one that would have the but. Yeah, I know God's working it out. But. You know how many people have buts and they all stink? Everybody. Okay? So if you're going through the midst of whatever it is and you say, oh, I want to say the right thing. I want to do the right thing. But you get your butt in the way. It's going to make it stink. So we have to change the way that we look. And Heather would always go, but you know what? Yeah, these things are going on. But guess what? I'll show you all the things that I'm thankful for. Our kids had a, a great week this week at school. There was these other things that, hey, I got a parking space and it was, you know, raining. I'm sitting there going, well, you know, at work, they're trying to fire me, so. But I'm glad for that parking space. <laughs> but you know what? In the midst of all the things that were going on, the moment she would say it, the Holy Spirit would go. You know that's right. You know, the Holy Spirit is, He's so awesome and He's so good. He's just going to say, You know what's right. I'm telling you that you know what's right. You know the goodness. You know what to be thankful for. Before now and all the way up until Thanksgiving this Thursday, I'd love for each and every single one of you, you don't have to show me, you don't have to tell me, you don't have to do anything except for write it down for yourself. Take that thankfulness and just share it between you and the Holy Spirit. 
Amen.